Hey everybody, it's Allie and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, July 31st, 2016. First of all, I love Kane and Billy working together on Brash and Sassy. I just think it's going to be such an awesome dynamic between these two guys. I think Kane has been underused for so long and we have this whole new different version of Billy and I can just tell that these two guys are going to play off of each other really, really well. It's clear that neither one of them wants to work with the other one. Uh, and it also seems like Jill is kind of intentionally playing both of the guys off of each other. I get the feeling that she's secretly in the corner whispering to Kane that you're the responsible one. You're the one that's going to really be leading this company and taking us to the next level while she's in the other corner whispering to Billy, look, you're my real son. If you just take the company, get the numbers up a little bit, I'll give you the whole thing back and I'll just give Kane something else. So it seems like Jill is intentionally kind of playing them both off of each other, maybe for the good of them both. But Billy, I didn't think was going to necessarily accept the offer to work with the company because of Kane, but I think he ultimately ended up accepting it out of spite, <laughs> which is a really good reason in a soap opera world to do something. And frankly, Kane seems to have a really good sense of humor about working with Billy, so I think this is going to be a good sign of amazing dynamics to come. Now, my favorite moment of the week. And yes, I have to make this, <laughs> the YNR chat, top story because it was powerful. Jill is making this offer to Billy at the mansion. And just as she goes to walk out the door and leave, she looks around the place and surely just must be thinking about how much of her life has centered around this home and how bizarre it is to look around now and see the dark paint, the way it's changed. And she is obviously in the process of remodeling. There just happens to be an empty can of paint since or a, a can of paint uh, and a clean brush uh, right there by the door as she's walking out and she just grabs one of the paint brushes and it just she's just sort of longing and just sort of very she's thinking and she just decides to gingerly kind of dip the paintbrush into the into the paint and she goes to the wall and she swipes down a swatch of this yellow paint on the wall and we as viewers see this amazing transition from of the whole mansion going from dark blue to this bright happy homey yellow color and we are all of a sudden transported back in time. It was like getting into a time machine and being jetted back to Catherine's final ascent up the stairs. I 
cannot even tell you how much that whole scene, that whole transition, that incredible moment impacted me. I mean, I literally, I'm not kidding you. I had my hands up over my mouth. I was pra practically gasping. I got a physical hot flash. <laughs> I mean, my whole body just went hot. I could feel that my heart was palpitating. I think it skipped a beat. I mean, I all of my senses just went into absolute overdrive. I'm I'm all of a sudden having a waterfall of tears pouring out of my face watching Jill looking up at I mean, we know that she's looking up into an area where Catherine's not there, but we're all of a sudden inside of her memory of seeing this woman that has meant so much to her who has been her friend and her enemy and her mother uh, at various points in history and she's just looking up and remembering Catherine walking up those stairs and oh I just looking back at that final scene it's been a little while since we've seen it and I I just oh looking at Jean Cooper she she did look so weak I mean she seemed like she was having a little bit of trouble getting up the stairs she was probably getting sick or she was getting ready I think to um to to get sick at around that time I know that it wasn't filmed as her final scene or to intentionally be her in her final scene but there was something so obviously final about it. It was just what a swan song. I mean, it was just amazing to ha see her once again looking back at Jill and just saying, you know, I'll manage. I can, you know, Jill asking if she needed help, showing in in this moment that she still had a, a, a compassion for this woman, no matter how much they fought. And Jill asking, do you need help? And Catherine saying, I'll manage. Good night. And just so elegantly with all of with, with all of her class uh, and all of her royalty just ascending up those stairs for the last time I couldn't even hardly contain myself I had a like a physical a physiological response to that entire transition and it, it really made me realize that it's it's not just about the paint color I mean I've been very vocal about, from the beginning, about the fact that I didn't like the remodel of the mansion, and I feel like YNR is doing the right thing by transitioning us back to something that really honors the heritage and the roots of the show. I've always been a really big fan of our sets. I think YNR has incredible set designers. They've always done, you, you know, unique and beautiful things uh, to make us feel like we're inside of someone's home, and I didn't feel that from the dark blue remodel and I all of a sudden felt it again uh, in in the moment of the of the transition into the the yellow or the preview of the of the the new remodel and it just meant so much to me I'm, I'm such a big dorky fan but it just tugged my heart so hard and and it just it reached something very very core in me and and um you know thinking about my own journey with why and how I've watched it and loved it for all of these years and it was just it was so perfect and I'm just watching and thinking about how it's it's not about the mansion it's not about the paint it's about the memories it's about the people I, I forget me not yellow is that not perfect
Oh, the debauchery that has gone on in that mansion over the years. <laughs> and this week was no exception. Phyllis uh, justifies sleeping with Billy again, even though she's throwing up walls and trying to make it seem like she's just trying to figure herself out. She's trying to take a little bit of time for Phyllis. And then she just turns around and says, finds an easy out for sleeping with Billy again. The difference is this time she pledges to be with him. I mean, they she's at the mansion. They begin undressing down in the foyer. They rush upstairs to make love. And this time, as they're lying in bed together it's not all of it's not like it doesn't have this cloud of just guilt hanging over it the way that it has in the past phyllis is telling billy that she actually wants to be with him and she's intending to leave jack she says i'm gonna tell jack tomorrow that i'm gonna leave him and they've got this whole plan worked out they're just gonna have a little bit of of, of transition time uh and then they're gonna slowly kind of come public with their relationship and they think that this is just gonna work out no problem whatsoever, except for the fact that Jill sees the whole thing. I could not believe it. Jill is noticing that there's a very expensive top just on the floor uh, in the foyer. She walks upstairs uh, unassumingly and happens to get a big old eyeful of Phyllis in bed with her son. I really think this is the best possible reveal. It was so juicy. I mean, say what you will about who's right and who's wrong here, but that was a good reveal. The look on her face was good enough for me. I mean, it it was perfect. It was really, truly perfect. Probably even better than I could have hoped. I I really, I like this. I think it's, we're seeing kind of um, levels of reveal of this affair. If it would have just been Jack finding them, that would have been cool and good. And I can't wait to see his face too. But I really liked that Jill got up in there this week. And I, I mean, please, the way she was so judgmental on them. I mean, you would think that Jill was a wilting flower or something. I mean, she's looking at them like, oh my word, please, this woman, do you remember when you were having an affair with Jack while you were married to his father? That was the number one most forefront thing in my mind like Jill you are a hypocrite (laughs) he's your son after all let's not forget Uh, I loved that you know she seemed so incensed by it when it's totally something that she's done and probably would continue to do I mean Jill as I, I loved it for the drama of the situation yet at the same time Jill should not have gone anywhere near the room where she knew her son was hooking up okay she should have steered clear of that whole vicinity as soon as she realized there was a top on the floor it was like she had to all of a sudden become mommy dearest and go tromp up there and like she was gonna confront him with the woman's top he's a grown man it was so inappropriate of her but so juicy for us viewers and i'm sorry but billy should not have left that door open what you doing having an affair (laughs) with your brother's wife when your mom lives with you and just leaving the door cracked open that that was just very careless i'm telling you these two people i've been saying it all along want to get caught so uh they shouldn't really be surprised i mean for crying out loud jill should never have 
even been able to see. <laughs> never, never, never. I'm surprised she didn't just open up the door all the way, like bust in and ground him. Hey, mister, you're grounded. No TV for you. No dessert either. She really has been kind of mommy dearest this week. It's She's been quite a bit scary, actually. I was, um, thinking that maybe she was immediately going to kind of hang out in the background and confront Billy about it. But I, I kind of think that maybe from Jill's perspective, she expects this sort of behavior from Billy, but she didn't expect it from Phyllis. So what does she do? She confronts Phyllis right off the bat. She doesn't waste a moment. I mean, she left the mansion while they're still laying in bed together, planning their future. And Jill just goes and, I don't know, Jimmy rigs her way into Phyllis's hotel room and is waiting there for her when Phyllis gets there. It was so good. <laughs> I know Jill's wrong and I know it's it's bad, but it was good. <laughs> I loved it. And the all the women just they you know they're kind of cat catting back and forth. Jill has got the upper hand here. There is no denying it, Phyllis. Don't try to act like there's some other explanation for why you're in Billy's bed. Jill just confronted her, laid it all out on the table, and I hate to say it, but Jill made some valid points to Phyllis that I think maybe she was not considering. There's a part of Phyllis that is thinking that things with Billy and her have a chance of working out, and even though I... I I understand that she loves Billy and she wants to be with Billy. There really is no universe in which this relationship just works out and everybody's happy and Jack accepts it and the sisters accept it. Jill's point was, hey, you know, you can go ahead and you can break up with Jack and you can have this relationship with Billy. But I'm going to tell you right now, Jack will not forgive his brother. This is going to ruin Jack and Billy's relationship. Furthermore, Tracy and and Ashley aren't just going to welcome you with open arms and treat you as a, just a, the same member of the family. Reality check, this affair destroys the Abbott family, which is something that Phyllis has known all along. And I guess I kind of wish that was woven into the story a little bit more along the way, because that's a really good incentive to not go through with the affair. And ultimately... Um, Jill gives Phyllis the ultimatum of, look, I'm going to tell Jack if you don't knock this off. It can't, it's not going to go anywhere. This affair with Billy is going to go nowhere. So you just need to stop it today. And if you don't, I'm going to tell Jack. And ultimately, I think that Phyllis ended it with Billy. She does go to Billy and does tell him, hey, look, I know I said that like we were going to be together forever mm, 10 minutes ago, but things have changed. And all of a sudden, I can't be with you. And I think that the reason she did it was to save him. I think there's a part of Phyllis that is thinking, I can't just, it's not just about Jack. It is about Billy. I think she loves Billy enough, or in her mind, she's loving Billy enough to not destroy his relationship with his entire family. So once again, Phyllis has ended the relationship with Billy. And once again, she has decided to just go back to Jack. I was dying. I mean, I 
I, um, she needs to leave them both. If she really truly wants to save Billy and not destroy the family, then she can't choose, choose Billy. And if she has any level of respect for Jack, she cannot just go back to Jack and act like this has never happened. I just, I wanted to die when she, when Jack comes into her hotel room and she says that she wants to come home now. And then the next day in the office, you know, she's implying that they were up all night making love. How is that even possible? How can you just go back to pretending that everything is, is normal? I'm not trying to judge Phyllis for falling in love with who she's falling in love with, but don't pull the wool over Jack's eyes. That's what's the most despicable about the entire affair. And she flip-flops back and forth like there's no tomorrow. The woman clearly does not know what she wants, so why are you pretending you know what you want? <laughs> I just, I, I, I feel so bad for Jack in this scenario. It's like, she's with him now, but for how long? How long until she flips back to Billy? Maybe it'll be 15 or 20 minutes this time. Especially, though, now that Brash and Sassy just so happens to be Jabot's new tenant. They just have decided that we're going to move Brash and Sassy into the basement lab uh, elevator, I guess. Or they called it second floor lab. But in my mind the lab's always in the basement like do you guys remember the days back when Ashley was the lead chemist I think she was married to like Blade or something in the, in the 90s and it was always like Ashley in the basement of the lab tooling away and that's still what I imagine uh second floor I don't know what are those elevators it takes a long time for those elevators to go from the from the first floor to the second floor. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, for crying out loud, Billy's going to be right there. And, and, and why in our... Billy and Phyllis are going to have ample op- opportunities to run into each other. And why in our didn't waste a freaking moment before giving us the old elevator sex scene. It wasn't exactly sex, but it was at least an elevator makeout. Uh, Billy goes to get in the elevator and who should be standing there already occupying the space but Phyllis. They stand there awkwardly for, who I don't know, maybe six floors? <laughs> and uh, but before he decides to hit the button and stops the elevator and then they just start, you know, going at it. They start being mad at each other at first and that fire uh, erupts very quickly into passion. As, as it does. Uh, so I, I love where YNR is headed with this. This is a best case scenario for me. I'm so excited about this whole storyline. I mean, I just think it's really, really cool. And I mean, bonus, thank goodness there's a couch in the lab office too, which Kane and Lily also took full advantage of this week. Phyllis makes a very rational yet very passionate speech to the judge at Victor's trial, trying to convince the judge to not just let this man who's done all of these horrible things uh, go and let him walk around on the street. Phyllis wanted to be there to represent 
the negative side of what Phyllis or of what Victor has done to show the repercussions and and to say what Victor did to me has ruined my life. It has changed my life uh, irrevocably. It's it's changed my marriage irrevocably. And even Jack steps up with an opinion. Um, he was much more um, lenient toward Victor, which was bizarre. But he just said, "Look, I don't forgive you, but I'm not giving you any more power over me in my life." So this man does disgusts me, but it is what it is. Um, and in the end, of course, it didn't even matter. No matter whatsoever, the judge tells Victor, look, <laughs> if you stay away from my daughter, can I, can, can I just get you to promise that you'll stay away from Meredith and I'll just grant you clemency. I'll just let you go. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. That's exactly what he does. I mean, he lets Victor go, puts him on some kind of BS court supervision for two years, which I'm assuming is never going to come to anything. I mean, wasn't Adam on probation? Adam was on probation for what he did and then Ever, and he still was able to commit crimes and do all of his Adam things uh, despite of despite it. So I seriously doubt court supervision is going to come into play. But uh, whatever, Victor's out. Victor's out of jail. He's gone back to the ranch, which, by the way, since we're speaking about classic YNR sets, can we, like, wave a wand or do a special effect and make the ranch have never burned down? <laughs> I'm very sensitive about our sets, and that bothered me a lot. I was really upset. I think I was more upset when the ranch burned down than when they remodeled Catherine's mansion. That was a big blow for me. So I'd be happy if we just all of a sudden went back to the, the, the old pink walls, mauve walls at the ranch would be perfectly okay um, with me. But I was happy to at least get a sense of the Newman family by being back inside of their house. Um, apparently, Victor also waved a magic wand and made the whole oil spill mess go away. I'm so confused. I still don't understand if Victor was behind the oil spill, does that mean he, if he fixed it so quickly, was he behind it? Or was Luca behind it? Or were Victor and Luca working in tandem with it? Are we done hearing about it? I hate when I can't tell if a storyline has just gone over my head or if it, if, if YNR hasn't told us uh, what we need to know. But I feel still confused about everything that happened with the oil spill. I guess we'll find out. Um, but I think we're beginning to see Victor showing signs of maybe not being completely forgiving. He very much wanted everybody to believe that it was going to be water under the bridge when he got out, but as soon as he gets back into his chair, he is encouraging Nick and Victoria to go on some, like, basically a permanent vac vacation. Why don't you take my jet, go anywhere you want to go, but get out of my face, I really don't want you at my company, was kind of the vibe that the kids got from it, and and rightly so, although Victor did call Summer in, and he's kind of trying to make her a player within the company. So Summer has remained loyal to him, so he wants to promote her. I'm not sure if that means that that's going to tie into Luca and the oil spill. I, I, I'm not sure what, still, whatever happened with that. It's it's That's a big blank in my mind, uh, but clearly Victor is favoring Summer. I thought I heard that maybe Maybe that actress was going to be going on recurring status. Did I imagine that? 
Um, or is she going to stay on the show and maybe play a major part at Newman Enterprises? I don't know, but I was thrilled to see Jill actually offer, in the wake of Victor kind of pushing Victoria aside, offering Victoria a job at Brash and Sassy. How fabulous would that be? I mean, it's, it's pretty much... It's coming to the peak of Jill's plan. I mean, step one was to wrangle Brash and Sassy away from Billy, uh, and step two would be to reunite them over Brash and Sassy. So I absolutely love it. I hope Victoria says a resounding yes. I mean, it seems like the kind of company where she would belong, although I don't know where she would fit. I don't. I can't see her playing. Uh, I don't even ever heard of. I've never even heard outside of soaps of a co-CEO. But Kane and Billy are already. It. I don't know what that would make Victoria's title, but I think Billy and Victoria, Phyllis and Kane all working on under the same roof would be amazing. If you throw Lily up in that mix, I just think like all the sex happening in that building would blow the roof off the place. Ugh. I think we've just exchanged one denim shirt for another. Victor gets out of prison and Adam's in prison. Did they use the same inmate labeled denim shirt for Adam as they used for Victor? Can we burn that thing? I find all of this jail, anything and everything in that stupid freaking jail set. I mean, we've seen more of the jail than we've seen of any of the homes, our classic homes uh, in Genoa City for the past, for crying out loud, six months. I just, I find it all so depressing. Watching the whole Adam in jail story is a bummer. I mean, he's pushing Chelsea away, saying, don't come visit me and don't bring Connor. I don't want him to see me like this. You should just move on, which I think is just Adam's way of trying to protect her, but it's horribly depressing, and it's, I'm sure, very isolating for Chelsea. All she wants is to clear her husband's name, and all all she's getting is is resistance and doubt from everyone in her life. I mean, Anita is constantly just pushing Chelsea to let Adam go as if he's just a lost cause. Forget him. He was good when he was good, but now he's not, so let's just move on. Even, you know, paying a visit to Adam, it's like, she was, she said to Chelsea, um, let's, let's be honest here, maybe he didn't commit this crime, but that doesn't mean he's not guilty. So Anita's just, like, wanting Chelsea to move on on with her life, and I think that Adam is trying to do what's best for Chelsea, although it's completely misdirected. Um, I think pushing her away is a terrible idea. I really, really appreciated Michael's pep talk. Michael has been in there talking to Adam, talking him through what he's going through, um, and, and, and really giving him some of the benefit of of his own experience with the cancer. Michael's instinct when he found out that he had cancer was to push Lauren away in an attempt to save her some of this pain and he is noticing that Adam is doing the same thing with Chelsea and really trying to counsel him through it. He's, he's really being Adam's counselor in every sense of the word um, just telling him, look, you guys need to get through this together or you will not get through it at all. I thought that was such a really great and, and smart 
smart piece of advice and just really nice seeing uh, Michael and seeing Christian LeBlanc uh, talking and, 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 and really, you know, getting to sink his teeth into something. And are they ever going to follow up on the cancer storyline? I'm guessing not. But at least they acknowledged it uh, with a little bit of a nod um, toward Michael, Michael's character and what he had been through. Um, okay, I was shocked to see Chloe go visit Chelsea. I was not expecting Chelsea to open up that door and see that crazy woman standing there in front of her. I mean, I, I just thought maybe it would be better if Chloe would fly under the radar a little bit, considering the fact that she was the one who framed Adam or helped to frame Adam. And instead, she goes into Chelsea's apartment and acts like she doesn't even know Adam is in prison. Oh, really? Really? I had no idea. Uh, the, the man that I held a gun on, ran over, clearly have a vendetta against. Uh, I had no idea. I wasn't even, I haven't turned on the news today. Give me a freaking break. Uh, and, and to boot, Chloe was kind of borderline cruel to Chelsea. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Chelsea is trying to, I think, embrace her friend and talk to Chloe as if she's a friend, which I don't know why she would do anyway, considering she ran Adam down a couple months ago. But Chelsea tries to open up and say, oh, you know, my husband didn't do this. Uh, he's in jail for a crime that he didn't commit. And Chloe straight up laughs in her face. I mean, just lets it rip as if it is the most hilarious thing she's ever heard in her life. It was so callous. I felt terrible for Chelsea. I mean, Chloe ultimately ends up at the mention of Connor kind of bringing, bringing back down to reality that it's not just Adam who's suffering here. It's Chelsea and it's Connor. Uh, Chloe kind of runs out of the condo um, and I suppose maybe with a little twin as soon of a as soon as a twinge of guilt hits her she kind of runs away uh, and I think that that scene was so much more difficult to watch because it's clear that Chelsea misses her friend how about the moment where she finds out uh, later that uh, that Chloe has a daughter and hugs her embraces her and 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 just you know wants the help but is really quite blind to the fact that this is a woman who intends harm on her husband husband. I, I I, want this truth to come out. Um, I don't want to be in jail for too much longer. I think this is being dragged. It's been dragged out way too long. Dylan is still pursuing the truth. <clears throat> he knows that there's no chance that Adam did this, that it's really stinks of Victor Newman and uh, at least, you know, him and someone else to help him enact one of his plots. Uh, and, and Dylan is trying to get to the bottom of it. Never mind Paul's wishes. Paul is the chief of police. Paul doesn't want Dylan wasting any resources, important Genoa City Police resources, on a case that's already closed. So <clears throat> it erupted into this huge fight between Dylan and Paul, which I felt kind of came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, Paul was really exercising his power as if, you know, so what if Dylan wants to follow a lead? I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I could, If Dylan is still doing all of his other 
other work, then what's the big deal if he sort of sniffs out some clues here and there? It's like, I think Paul has just had it so much with the Newmans that he just, he wants it to be done. He doesn't want to deal with them anymore. It is what it is. Uh, so he puts the kibosh on it. I don't know if that means Dylan is actually going to stop. I kind of doubt it. But next week, uh, we saw a preview for Monday's show where Chelsea must tell Adam that Chloe's back in town and the bit, the light, the light bulb goes on over Adam's head and he realizes, well, hey, there's a woman who might want to do me harm. There's a woman who might work with Victor to frame me. So he tells Chelsea to investigate Chloe, go after her, find out what she knows. And I think that that's possibly going to be the trail that maybe leads to those diary pages, maybe even Chloe's little bit of guilt that came up when Chelsea mentioned Connor. Maybe that's something that Chelsea can play on to get Chloe to open up about it. So I think that should be good. Hopefully there'll be a little bit of movement on that story next week. But of course, as a soap fan, (laughs) you know... I'm real interested uh, in getting the scoop uh, on on the real important story, um, you know, the baby daddy mystery. Chloe showed up at the mansion this week, and oh boy, was she friendly with Billy. She was laughing with him and trying to give him advice and trying to resurrect that old dynamic. Clearly, Billy is her preferred guy, someone that she still has very deep feelings for, or at least that she feels a bond and a connection to. Uh, Probably being around Billy helps her feel more connected to Delia, but we saw a little scene this week where um, Chloe was coming out of the lab and she has a little cup in her bag and it says William Abbott on the top of it uh, and of course this is the implication uh, that which we've had before that, that Billy or excuse me that Chloe stole Billy's sperm to impregnate herself uh, with this new child Bella um, first of all I, my question for you is Have we seen that exact scene before? I know there was an implied... I remember way back when this all initially happened, there was a scene where Chloe walked out of the lab, but for some reason I don't remember her pulling open her bag and actually showing the scene where... or the the little piece of tape that said William Abbott on it. Was that new? Did Weinart go back and refilm that part? Uh, Or had we seen the whole thing before? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe you guys will have a better beat on that it almost seemed to me like uh, we saw we we saw the implication before, but maybe YNR was trying to make it more clear to us this time uh, as to whose sperm it actually was that she was stealing. Worth noting, by the way. Uh, breaking into a lab and stealing a sperm sample is how Abby came to be. <laughs> Ashley did the exact same thing to Victor, um, and, and and Abby came into this world. Stole, she stole Victor's sperm and did the old impregnating herself. However on earth you do that, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but I, it's, I, can you think of any other instances where women have did that, have done that? I don't know why, but the Ashley one stuck in my, in my head. How weird would it be to be Abby and know that that's how you were conceived? Bizarre. Oh, anyway, um, I, 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 
can't help but wonder, though, because the, of the obviousness of seeing Billy's name on the uh, sperm sample, you know, I'm always, I'm always like trying to assume that there's more to the story than there is. There's part of me that thinks YNR wants us to believe that this baby is Billy's, and maybe it's not. Very, very fun scene this week. Kevin comes into contact with Chloe for the very first time. He's like hanging around town with his new girlfriend, Natalie, and he bumps into Chloe at the coffee house, and I think it completely blew his mind. I Did you notice how fast he dropped Natalie just at the mere sight of Chloe? It was like the moment he laid eyes on her, it was Natalie who? <laughs> I felt bad for her because Kevin was like, yeah, 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 can we catch up later? Chloe, let me focus on you. And he takes Chloe off to the back of the coffee house and starts zeroing in and asking her questions. And and I mean, like, it, it was just amazing how it was like his love for her was, it was muted for all of these months, maybe years at this point. And in one moment you could just see in his eyes that it all came flooding back. And she checked him immediately. She was like, hey, we're not married. And she, Chloe is clearly not interested in having anything to do with Kevin at this point. Um, and it's so it's such a it's such a weird contrast. Like we look at her scene with Billy and she was very open to him. It was like she couldn't get enough of him. She wanted to, you know, maybe be in his life again. And we saw the flashback of the sperm. Uh, and then, you know, contrast that with her scene with Kevin where she's really trying to push him away. Uh, she doesn't want him close. So I'm that kind of makes me wonder if Kevin is the real father. I wonder if the reason she doesn't want Kevin close is because she knows that he's the father and she wants Billy close because that's who she secretly wants to be the father. But I think that's a perfect poll question for this week. You guys tell me who you think the baby daddy is. Uh, is it Billy? Is it Kevin? Is it some other kind of third party? I don't know. You can tell. You can cast your vote and tell me what you think about that this week at YR chat.com. I can't wait to, to read those because it's just um, and, and leave comments too. If you want to vote in the poll and leave comments and tell me why you think it's either guy or neither guy. I think it'll be really interesting because I think we're still really early in on this storyline. I don't think that Weiner is going to reveal the paternity anytime soon. So uh, I think it'll be good to see where, where our initial guesses are uh, on this week. I guess I would ha I kind of, I think I'm wanting, I think I want to vote Kevin. <laughs> I think I want to vote that Kevin's the father. Um, it just about broke my heart when he met Bella. He finds a way to go to ho Chloe's hotel room and he sees that there's a child in there, and Chloe's being very open about the fact that this is her daughter. She's telling people. She told Esther. She told uh, Chelsea, and she told Kevin. And he, the way he looked at her, it just it, it made me so sad. Um, and he was right, by the way. That little girl looks almost exactly like Delia. I don't know how YNR pulled that off. Did they do some kind of casting call, and they just were like going through actresses or photos? or whatever, and we're just looking for someone who looked as 
similar as possible to Delia? Is is this little girl maybe a relation to the original actress? I don't know, but she really, really looked like a little Delia. She was adorable, and it was adorable to see Kevin with her. He just has this feeling. He and Chloe did sleep together, which would put uh, it would put Bella at around the age that would be right for her being uh, his his daughter. Although at the same time, she did this the sperm switcheroo. And we you know that all happened at the same time before Chloe left town. We did see a scene where Kevin and Chloe slept together, and we did see a scene where she was at the sperm bank. So it really absolutely could be either. It absolutely could be neither. Uh, I guess we'll just have to find out. Ding, ding, ding! Methinks it's time for another round of the classic YNR paternity test. <laughs> we are going to get a whole new round of DNA testing as Kevin has requested it. But then again, what's the point when it's so freaking easy to switch paternity tests in this town? Goodbye, Dr. Neville. We hardly knew ye. I just, I can't even dwell on it for too long because it just makes me too sad. The final scene with Neville and Ashley. Ugh, what a charming couple they would have been. That's what ticks me off more than anything is there's just a, a total dynamic there that just got ignored and never got followed up on. And I just, I loved, I loved the writing around Dr. Neville. I think it was very, it was very a smart, quickie, quippy kind of, uh, of, of speech that he had and it, it was a little different. He wasn't your, your regular cookie cutter kind of character and I think that Ashley played really well off that. I liked seeing Ashley um, just kind of seem like the strong sort of in control woman as opposed to end up she ends up kind of being whiny and weak over guys sometimes uh, or we've seen that in the past but I liked that she was in charge with Neville and that she bossed him around a little bit. I thought it was adorable. I thought they would have been a great couple. I loved the old breath trick. It was just, that was so cute. <laughs> really bugs me that YNR couldn't make that work. I don't know. Bring it back, YNR. You did the right thing with the Chancellor Mansion. Bring me back my Neville. <laughs> Bring back Ronan while you're at it, since Chloe's uh, back on the show. <laughs> Somebody, I need to, I need it to be an advi in an advisory role uh, with, with the Young and the Restless. Just ask me what needs to be done, and I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> Oh, anyway, um, I we're headed full steam ahead into the Abby Stitch, and I think personally Ashley Triangle, which is a little bit scary. But last week's poll question: Should Abby and Stitch stay together? Fifty-four percent said yes. This couple deserves a happy ending, while forty-six percent said no. Relationship already over. So 54 to 46 is a, is a really, really close split. It seems like the majority of people really want Abby and Stitch to survive. Uh, I think that the 46% who said no... It was more. Uh, I think. I think most of the people who commented were saying um, that it, they just feel that the relationship is already over. I mean, un that unfortunately, it's something that's beyond repair. But it seemed like 
a lot of people wanted it to work. I think there is a fan base for this couple. I think people want to see these two people work it out. I just, I gosh, I mean, I don't know if, if we're going to. Um, I, Stitch got rid of those shower gifts. I wanted to cry this week. I just thought that was so wrong for him to do without asking her. Like, she, Abby, he donated all of their unopened baby shower gifts to the hospital without even talking to her. She never even got to read the cards. He donated those, too. I just... That was too much. It was too harsh. I am having trouble understanding Stitch. I mean, I, I understand, like, emotionally that he's going through something. But at the same time, I don't understand why he finds it so difficult to just talk to her. I mean, Abby went and retrieved the gifts from the pediatric ward. She even, like, and she sat there in her bedroom reading the cards for the very first time, tearing open the boxes of gifts, ripping out, you know, ripping through the wrapping paper and the tissue paper and the gifts and just crying and and just sitting there in what she felt like was the destruction of her life and her marriage. I, I really liked that scene. I, I felt like Abby was so human in that moment and it's not an uncommon scenario. Miscarriages happen and it really can destroy a marriage and I'm kind of annoyed that Ashley walked in, saw Abby there, and kind of defended Stitch. I, I'm not saying that Abby, or that Ashley shouldn't have tried to offer some wisdom and calmed Abby down, but I just felt like there was a little, like a tiny element of Ashley blaming Abby, saying that she was pushing Stitch, and I don't think she is. I don't think that Abby's pushing Stitch. I think she just wants her husband. I mean, Stitch is the one who's being closed off, and frankly, I don't think that Abby wants the baby with him as much as she just wants the intimacy with him, and as much as she wants the happiness that they could have had. I just, I see a woman who just wants her husband and I don't think that she's being overly pushy unless it's just me I, um, I don't know I mean they, they made up ultimately she takes the presents back to the hospital she talks with Stitch and he says all the right things he says that you know he, he, he does want to have another baby and he only gave the stuff away because he didn't want to recycle it if they do have another baby they want new stuff not left over you know he doesn't want to put that onto the new baby but it just still bugs me because I don't feel like I completely buy it. I feel like Stitch is cognitively, I think feel like he knows that he's pushing away and he's going rogue and doing these things and he's he's just still not talking about anything that's bothering him, anything that they should be talking about until it erupts into a fight. I'm ready to serve all your needs. <laughs> well, not really. Not me, anyway. <laughs> uh, Dylan, Sandra, Sharita, Gina, and Tanya, Edith, and Jamie all got that right. Jamie says it was Luca who said that to Summer at the dive bar. They were kind of hanging out by the pool, and I don't remember. He was offering something to Summer, and he says, I'm ready to serve all your needs. And she looked at him and said, I, are you sure? Like, are, do you know how that sounds? <laughs>
it was a kind of a funny little moment. It was Luca being Luca, like trying overly hard to to be accommodating to Summer and just coming off as smarmy these days, frankly. So congratulations to you guys for getting that one right. But I got another one for you from this week. I can't I can't even believe this line. I don't know. I don't know why this is the one that stuck out to me this week, but it just like clunked into my brain and now I can't get it out. Who said this? Look at that lonely unmarried woman. <laughs> What a thing to say. Look at that lonely, unmarried woman. If you think that you know who said that craziness, go to yrchat.com where you can leave your guess, one guess per person, please. If you get it right, I will most definitely give you your props and congrats on next week's YNR Chat. Look at that lonely, unmarried woman. Let's open up this chatterbox and see what you guys had to say this week. Anne Boleyn on YouTube says, Mal Young's presence is already being felt. Just having some of the sets back is huge. And I have been thinking the same thing all week. First of all, and last week too, I could just feel. It feels like the show is different somehow. Like things are being wrapped up that needed to be wrapped up. Things are being brought up that needed to be brought up. I have absolutely noticed a difference within the last two weeks. And seeing some of the sets back this week was was, was so wonderful. I mean, we got the ranch back for one. Uh, it was nice to see some of that the outdoor shots of that. Um, um, I just need, like, I want to have a sense of the families. And I think you have to have their homes in order to do that. Instead, it seems like over the past couple of years, YNR had gravitated toward more putting us in the public places, in the coffee house, in the athletic club, and half of the town lives in a, in a hotel. And I understand that there are budgeting issues that obviously not everybody can have a house. Uh, and, and the hotel does make a convenient way to kind of work around that. But if you've got the ranch, use the ranch. If you've got the mansion, use the mansion. I mean, there's just so many sets that we ne absolutely never see before. Um, and and I, I want to. I mean, I feel like we haven't even been to the Abbott House in a while. So uh, I'm very proud uh, that, uh, that that's one of the early signs of, of Mal Young uh, taking over the executive producer uh, uh, role. I'm, I'm very proud of YNR, and I hope that that's a good sign of things to come. Sharita on Facebook Facebook says Jill's scene at the mansion when she picked up the paint color made me cry. I loved seeing the way the Chancellor Mansion was decorated before. Well, you know I feel the same way, Sharita. I, I, I cried. I, I, I had a whole, like, issue. I mean, it, probably the neighbors could hear me howling as I was bawling with that. Uh, but I also wanted to mention, I watched the scene twice, of course. <laughs> I watched it and I I had my initial like shock moment and then I went back to watch it so that I after I regrouped myself so that I could handle it again and I rewatched it and I think what they did was okay it's blue set 
and then they transitioned into the same new set which still had like a different kind of window above the door it was you know they did more than just paint it they definitely added other nooks and crannies and the bookshelves and all that other stuff so it went from blue to the same new set just painted with the new yellow color which I perceived as having been um, kind of a preview of what we're gonna see I mean I, I'm really expecting that one of these days within the next couple of weeks we're gonna walk in and the set's gonna look exactly like we saw in that uh, dream sequence or transition sequence and then it just transitioned beautifully into that historic that Catherine's final scene and you could really tell because you could see the difference in you know in Jill's face and then you could see the difference uh, between the old set and the new set but it was still so very similar I think that was YNR's way of saying here's the little sneak peek at the new yellow forget-me-not and look at how close it is to the original I mean this is what they should have done in the first place this is what they should have done in the first place go ahead add a window add a bookshelf do I would have not even noticed if they would have changed a door here and there but the fact that it was so dramatic with that stupid paint color is what really threw me off all they needed to do was paint that whole set another color and bing bang boom the place is gonna look fabulous I'm gonna die I want to see the yellow is my favorite color so I want to see that set I want to see how beautiful it looks and I hope that we get it like maybe next week or the, or the week after uh, YNR girl hashtag Nictor on YouTube says I think it would be interesting if after the secret about Christian comes out Dylan decides to make a name for himself sells the coffee shop and goes to work for Victor well, I really think Dylan needs to sell the coffee shop, uh, YNR girl. He does. It, he's never there. He's obviously a police officer now. It was funny that Kevin and Chloe mentioned that they used to own the coffee shop together uh, when they were married. And I wonder if that was a little winky wink <laughs> to, to maybe selling it. I mean, Dylan, yeah, he needs a, a new a new something. He ha He's obviously, I don't mind him being a cop. That's fine. Um, in fact, I think he makes sense as a cop but he's not the carpenter coffee house owning guy that we remember when he first came on to the show there's been so many kind of different changes in that character over time I think that the character developed along with the actor and it's it's changed quite a bit so sell the coffee house and I wouldn't honestly I wouldn't mind if the coffee house got a little facelift since we're talking about sets I don't want it to be way weird but whatever that thing is that they wrap around the tables it's like tassels that's ugly it's hideous I would have no problem whatsoever if YNR got some new tables in the coffee house I mean I just there's a way to update things without completely changing things and um I, they just need to learn to strike that balance Oh, Beatrice left me a voicemail this week, and this I'm, I'm a little bit stumped by this, because Beatrice mentioned that she saw a preview, uh, and I thought she said it was for Monday's show, of Summer saying that she is late. Like, telling Luca that she's late. Like, like she might be pregnant. And I, 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 part of me thinks I saw that, but then I'm like, I don't know if I remember seeing that. So, in, unless maybe you were watching a day ahead or something. Um, but I, I, I kind of don't, I, I, I'm not sure, but I'm going to trust you on this one. Is it possible that Summer is going to end up pregnant? Oh my gosh. 
Oh my gosh, what's Luca gonna do? Is he gonna is he gonna stay with her? I just still don't trust him. But um, that could be kind of an interesting twist there. Oh, Victor would glom onto that child in about a heartbeat. Ugh. All right, Jasmine at yrchat.com says, Jill is kind of pissing me off. Is it really her business who her son sleeps with? Also, why did she have to break into Phyllis's room? She could have confronted her anywhere else. Jill has been controlling, invasive, and kind of unfair. Being concerned about her son is one thing, but this is crazy. Yeah, I know, Jasmine. I enjoyed Jill for the um, for the drama of the whole thing, but she really was overstepping this week. It's, she's not a mother that I would want to have. Uh, I'd love to hear from more people this week. Were you kind of team Jill this week, or were you thinking that she was just being a nuisance? I'd love to get some comments on that this week. I'm just happy to see more Jill. Uh, she was she was really in rare form. I mean, like even like Lauren was ticked off at her. How about that? Lauren was mad uh, at that she stole Kane away from her company, and Lauren said, "You know, sis, you got to stop doing this. Where you're just using people as puppets in your game or whatever." And, which is it? That doesn't seem like. Jill? I mean, it doesn't seem like what I think of when I think of Jill, uh, but she was very that this week. I just think, I just, I love the, the the nod having her there at all, and I really like that she has facilitated a lot of this change. This is what fans, you know, and I have been asking for, was to see more Jill. So, you know, on the one hand, I love the drama, but just, you know, stepping back from a per- in a personal way, yeah, I wouldn't want her as my mother. It was kind of ridiculous. Daisy on Facebook says, Victoria working with Brash and Sassy might get her closer to Billy, or so Jill hopes, but I'm not counting on it. I think Billy is already in for the long haul with Phyllis, but wouldn't it be great if Victoria found them kissing? <laughs> I think that, yes, the 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 um the reveal with Jill gave us that shock moment of somebody outside of Billy and Phyllis finding out what was going on with Billy and Phyllis, but it's it's very possible that we're going to see um, kind of little explosions of people finding out leading up to Jack finding out. So, yeah, I could totally see Victoria looking around a corner and having to get an happening to get an eyefill of uh, Billy making out with his sister-in-law. <laughs> uh, Superplex at YRChat.com says, Elevator trysts are certainly the naughtiest of all romantic rendezvous in daytime drama. Unfortunately, in Genoa City, there exists the omniscient eye of Kevin and his computer. (laughs) Yeah, are there not cameras in that elevator? I kind of bet you that there are. Uh, But it's so funny how, like, the elevator tryst is is a soap opera trope. And you always know it's coming. They probably must have, maybe they built up some new elevators. Maybe Mal Young said, all right, I don't know much about this show, but Soap Opera 101 is the elevator makeout, so let's get on that. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. I liked it so far. Um, Edith at yrchat.com said, I read, I read an email from Mal Young. 
He said that Victoria and Travis are not over just the end of a chapter, not the end of a story. I was really glad to read that. Also, on SoapShows.com, they have a petition to get Simon Neville back. I hope they bring him back, Edith says. Oh, my goodness. I had heard, I think, um, that Mal Young had said something about Travis maybe not being gone for good. I think he got on some kind of other show. Or they, or I saw a post about him working on another project, which doesn't mean that it's necessarily long term. I would like for YNR to bring Travis back, but it's clear that they're really kind of moving in it in a direction of Victoria and Billy. But you never know. Maybe Travis will come back after sailing around the world and, and he'll have something new to offer. Shoot, get him a job at Brash and Sassy. Um, and uh, let's see, will Simon Neville ever be back on the show? I think I will sign that petition <laughs> in, in my support uh, of, uh, of Michael E. Knight and getting him back into the soap fold here. Um, Trixie on YouTube said... Adam did make the right decision accepting the 30-year plea deal. Hard as that time is to swallow, I think life without parole would be way worse. Um, which is, is true, Trixie. I was kind of talking about that last week. Like, why would you take a 30-year sentence? But, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that facing the idea of never getting out would be a different story. Uh, Trixie goes on to say, far as Victor goes, as evil as that man is, there's no way I believe he's just forgiving those who put him away. Yeah, and and I think we're starting to see um, just the little hints of that, especially when it comes to uh, when it comes to Victoria and Nick. My question is, what's going to happen with Nikki? I mean, we can see him pushing the kids aside, but he's at, on the surface being really, really nicey nice with Nikki, and I just don't know if that's going to last. Um, James, uh, I think this was at YRChat.com, says, I hate the way that Victor got out of his prison sentence. Uh, but I must say, it's good to see him back in his element at Newman and wasting no time getting back to his scheming, manipulating, and intimidating ways. Looks like Chloe, Nick, and Victoria are his first marks. YNR is a truly better show when Victor is locked up. <laughs> did you did you like the way Victor tossed Chloe's room, James? It was like, really? Can you? Oh, I almost can't even imagine uh, like Victor going in and grabbing her towels and throwing that over a lamp like I, he's standing there in his suit and I'm trying to imagine him tossing the room and it's it's hard to see uh, but yeah Victor's definitely uh, back to his old ways <laughs> um, Gary left me a voicemail and said will the twist be that Victor goes right back into prison right as Adam is released you know I hadn't thought about that I really hadn't I assumed that Victor was just going to get off scot-free um, and that the whole two-year probation deal was bunk but it is certainly a possibility. If you think about it, Chloe has a lot of dirt on Victor. She did a lot of his dirty work. She has the ability to bust that up and send him back to prison if she were to talk about it. But why then is Victor so sure? Because she even implied at the end of that hotel tossing scene, like, I, you know, I could turn you in. And he said, you know, I don't think so. You know, good luck with that, basically. Which I don't know if that's either Victor's overconfidence or, you know, if he just knows something we don't know. But uh, please, I don't want Victor to go back to prison. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that dark blue. <laughs> uh, but it's possible. 
Henry left me a voicemail saying, you know, Chloe seemed too confident and not threatened at all by Kevin's request for a paternity test. I really like that point, Henry, because I was zeroing in on that too. Why didn't she care? She basically told Kevin, go ahead, I'll give you a paternity test, whatever you say, it doesn't matter to me, which either means she knows 100% that Kevin's not the father, which I don't know how she could, uh, or maybe she just is so confident trying to throw him off and maybe she was hoping that uh, by being confident that he wouldn't choose to pursue it or maybe she just knows that she's going to switch those paternity test results. (laughs) Uh, Anna left me a voicemail with a prediction. Anna said that she believes Bella will be Billy's and get this, that Y&R will end up using the original Delia actress to play her in the future. Whoa, as soon as you said that, Anna, I was like, that would be brilliant if they actually did that. We'd have to wait probably a couple of years to get that to happen, but I really, I I was shocked at how much that little actress looked like Delia. So it's a a really, it's it's almost like Y&R really wants us to believe that that the baby is uh, as Billy's, and he might she might very well be because gosh they, she sure does look alike but I like the idea of bringing the, the actress back by the way happy birthday and happy 35 year YNR anniversary to Anna 35 years very nice does everybody keep kind of track of their YNR anniversaries? I, I I know that my YNR chat anniversary is in May and I know that I started watching Oh gosh, I think I started watching YNR in the summer of 93. I don't know how many years that makes me, but uh, but yeah, I, I know when I started watching. Um, if you guys want to tell me your uh, YNR anniversary years this uh, this week, I'd love to know how long you guys have been watching the show. Uh, Justin left me a voicemail this week saying, Victor should know better than to use crazy women to do his bidding. Patty, Kelly, now Chloe. Uh, it's it's so true, Justin. Like, why can't Victor just hire a private eye to do these things? His number one go-to is just, who's the crazy lady in town? We'll use her. Uh, Justin also had a good another ha- hypothetical question for us. Uh, if YNR did a movie parody or spoof, what would it be? Uh, I like that question. Justin suggested, how about Freaky Friday with Sharon and Mariah or Gone with the Wind just so Jack can tell Phyllis, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. (laughs) I like that. I've been trying to rack my brain to think of a movie. Um, I can't think of one, but maybe the other YNR chatters can chime in and give us some some, uh, YNR movie spoof ideas. I've often thought, why didn't YNR ever make a movie? Why didn't they ever make a feature film? Even if it was a direct-to-video thing, I'm surprised that they never did that. It would be kind of fun, and at least it would be, you know, they could just do an adventure, and it could possibly be a way to bring in some new fans to the show. I've, I've always wondered why they didn't do that. Um, let's end on a, a, a poem from our YNR chat poet laureate, Sandra, backed by popular demand. Uh, we've got a poem from her this week, so here we go. Everybody's got their dues in life to pay. Everybody but Victor Newman. Sentence defrayed. Caught between husband and lover, it's getting old. Phyllis is living a lie twofold. Waking up in prison blues, Chelsea sees through Adam's ruse. Let the lies flourish like habit. Beautiful Bella. 
Are you an abbot? <laughs> Chloe's return got to Brainiac. Watch out, Natalie. She's a maniac. You guys are so good. I love reading your comments and your creativity. Keep them coming. Whyourchat.com is where you can vote in the polls and leave comments uh, about the show and um, guess the who said it game. And from there, you can also find Facebook and YouTube if you'd like that. Or if you want to listen to one, the audio of YNR Chat on the go, you can download the podcast if you don't already do that. And of course, there's my voice voicemail 309-588-4569 there's tons of ways for you to leave your comments so uh please do keep leaving comments i love hearing from you um and i'll be back next week next sunday and we'll chat again about our favorite show maybe we'll even have a brand new beautiful yellow chancellor mansion <laughs> to to gaze upon that's that's my hope fingers crossed <laughs> okay you guys i'll see you then i love you have a good week Bye!